Oh, I love that video because we are the church. Am I telling the truth this morning? Man, thank you guys so much for being here today. Everybody watching online, welcome. Can we just give a big welcome to all of our online viewers this morning? Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you guys. Appreciate you. And if this is your first time uh, tuning in to a live stream of the service today, uh, welcome. Hang out with us. I believe that God's going to bless your life if you just hang out. Let him speak to you a little bit today. But don't forget to like and share that live stream. Help us get the word out there today. Oh, my goodness gracious, guys. I cannot wait to get into this. Now, what I love about our church is this. Our church is not your typical church. Okay, we get a little rowdy sometimes. We worship pretty passionately around here. And what I love about our church is this. You can hear that little music rumbling in the background. It's because we let our kids have fun in church. We let them have fun in church. So if you hear that bass kicking back there, just know that our next generation ministries are in full swing and they're letting some people know about Jesus today on their level, hearing it the way that they understand it. They're having fun back there. I'm just telling you, sometimes I wish I could be a part of our kids' ministry and receive some of that because they have some fun back there. So don't let that throw you off. They're rocking and rolling for Jesus this morning. We're in week three of a series called We Too here at the church. Well, I have a series called We Too because we believe that God has called us to work together as a body of believers. And the first week when we dove into this, we talked about um, how God had called us as a church to be a part of the process of discipleship with one another so that we give our shoulders to each other, to lift each other up so that our ceiling can become somebody else's floor so that they can go further in their walk with God and do more for God in their life than we could on our own to let our experiences become somebody else's strength. And it was a powerful service. Last week, we talked about how at Eastgate Church, no one walks alone. No one walks alone. And we looked at how that's a, a powerful biblical principle and how God uses our relationships with one another, not just to strengthen and encourage one another, but to promote and preach the gospel through how we love and treat one another as the church. It's a powerful thing. Today, we're going to look at how we as a church can work together to further the kingdom of God. Now, I believe that God's given each of us a responsibility to reach the world on our own and our sphere of influence to preach the gospel everywhere that we go. But there's something special about the church coming together corporately under one vision for one mission, following that one heartbeat after God, moving in one as one unit army, carrying out the commands that God's given us as a church. There's something powerful about that when we all get in step with that. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. How many of you guys have seen the movie Aladdin. Yeah, now I gotta qualify that because there's two Aladdins out there. There's the Aladdin that I'm fixing to show you on this picture right here. Um, there's that one. And then there is the animated version. Now I gotta ask you, which one is better? Is the movie movie the best? Let me see some hands. No, animated version the best? Yeah, by far. If I had to pick my favorite, I would pick the animated version. And I, I like that movie Aladdin. Um, it's it's kind of cool because, like, I don't know how it was for you growing up, but there's times where I wish that I could find that little lamp and rub on it and have that genie pop out and give me those wishes so I could have anything that I could, I could want. You know, you get three wishes, and that was stuff that movie was about, that the guy would get three wishes, and his wish was to 
be a what? He wanted to be a prince. He wanted to be a prince. But I like what the genie told him, and we'll get back to this later in the message. He says, I can make you look like a prince, but there's more than that to being a prince. It's not so much about what I can give you to look like on the outside. You got to be that on the inside too. And that whole movie was about his journey and learning that. It's not just about looking like a prince on the outside. It's about becoming that person on the inside. You know, and, and I was thinking, man, how cool would it be, though, just to have a genie pop up and give me those wishes? And I know you guys have probably thought about that, too. What would I wish for myself, I was thinking? I mean, there's so many things that you could have. So many things that you could have. Like, I would want, like, I, I was thinking it'd be cool to have a cool-looking car like this one right here that I'm about to show you. Um, that would be nice. I don't know what I like better in this picture, the car or the environment that the car is in. Wouldn't you love to be driving on a mountain road like that? That would be awesome. And I was thinking a cool car would be great to have, but you know what? A nice house would be nice to have too. And who would want to live here? Son, I would move there. Like churches out, amen, who wants to help me pack? You know what I mean? Because I would go there. That almost looks like... If Pastor Josh had a dream, 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 dream house, that would be it. Just that rustic cabin looking thing on a lake out in the middle of nowhere. You know what I'm, ah, oh, it's just, I got to stop thinking about that. I probably just messed some of y'all up this morning. We all want to go there on a retreat after service today. Uh, and then I would probably, like I would start thinking smart and I would think cars would be great. Houses would be great. But the one thing all those things have in common is that it takes this stuff to make it happen. You got to have money. So I would probably wish for a lot of money to make all those wishes, other things come true. Because if I got money, then I can have a car. If I got money, then I got the house. If I, if I had all the money that I needed, then I could just not be restricted in, in any way, shape or form, you know? And then I had to put a check on myself when I was thinking through this. Welcome to my thought process, by the way. Um, I was thinking, okay, well, all that stuff would be cool. But all that stuff is about me. You know, and, and maybe if you had the opportunity, you might wish for something along those lines too. I don't know. Um, because I know if left to myself, I'm always going to want something from me first. And I got to put that part of me in check and remember yes. that it's not about me. It's about others also. And before it's about anything, it's about Jesus and what he wants me to do with the time, the gifts, the talents, and the resources that he's given me in my life. And so I'd ask myself this question, uh, and, and maybe this is a good question for us to ask too. If we were in a scenario like that, would our request or would your request get you a lot of stuff or would it change the world? Would those requests that you made, would it get you stuff or would it change the world? Well, Pastor Josh, yeah, I, I could get that money, but if I had that money then I could give to charity and then I could bless people and I could help other people out, you know. But the problem is that we want to get it first and serve our purpose first and then do something with it after that. And I was thinking about that and thinking about the whole genie process. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if God would just give us that opportunity like Aladdin had with the genie in the bottle where we could just say, hey, he would just come to us and say, hey, what do you want? What do you want? Anything you ask for in this moment, I'll give it to you. How cool would that be? Man, it would be awesome if God had done that. And I was thinking, well, 
has he ever done that with anybody before, just giving them that opportunity. And then I remembered Solomon from the Old Testament. Now, if you're not up on your Bible, like Bible stuff, Solomon was the son of King David. He was the third king in Israel. And Solomon was different from everybody else. And Solomon actually got to finish building the temple of God. You know, David was able to get supplies for it, but Solomon was the one who was actually able to see it built. And one day Solomon just made this huge offering to God. And God came to him and spoke to him, and he basically said this, if you ask me anything, anything in this moment, I'll give it to you. Oh, man, the possibilities that would begin running through my head. But let's go to 1 Kings chapter 3, and I want to show you something that blows me away, and it really makes Solomon look different from everybody else, and honestly would probably make him look different from me, um, depending on what day it was, because Solomon made a very wise choice. God says, hey, ask anything, I'll give it to you. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, Solomon reply he says give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours and the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom it wasn't so much what Solomon was asking for in this moment but it was the why behind what he was asking for. He asked for wisdom, but he was asking for wisdom so that he could make sure that God's people, God's kingdom was taken care of. He says, I need to know how to take care of your kingdom and your people. I need to know how to do this because I can't do it on my own. And God's response to him was this. First Kings chapter three, we're gonna skip down to verse 12. He says, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had or will ever have. And I will also give you, look at this now, what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. He says, because you picked my kingdom first. I'm going to give you what you asked for, and then I'm going to give you everything else that you didn't ask for. Solomon could have asked for his enemies to be destroyed. He could have asked for wealth beyond anybody had ever had in the world. He could have asked for anything, but he put God's kingdom first, and God gave him everything that he didn't ask for as well. And I want to dig into this just a little bit because... And I was thinking, well, if God did this for Solomon, why can't he do this for me? Why can't he do this for you? You know, like I want that. The Bible says God's no respecter of persons, right? The Bible says that he hears us when we pray. So why can't I have my moment where God shows up and says, Josh, I'll give you anything your heart desires. Ask me. Ask me. Why can't he? Why can't he? And I was thinking, you know what? He kind of already has. He kind of already has. Now, before we get to what we're going to get to today, I want to give you a powerful biblical principle that the church cannot operate 
without. There are principles in the Word of God that God gives us, and there are promises and fulfillments in the Word of God that He gives us. Some of these things are contingent upon us, and some of them aren't. Okay, like we're called, the Bible says that we are heirs and co heirs through Christ Jesus. Okay, that we're called children of God. Now, we can't earn that. We can't do anything to deserve that. That's something he gives us on our own. That's a free gift that he gives us, but it's a gift and a promise that we operate in from him. But that's contingent on him. He makes promises in his word also, though, that are contingent upon us. That if we will do A or B, then he promises he will do C. Make sense? I want to talk about one of the most powerful principles in the Word of God for you personally and for churches all over the country that pastors everywhere praying to God that their churches get. Because if churches get this, it will unlock, it will unlock them to do things for the kingdom of God like an unstoppable force or the unstoppable force that God created the church to be. Go to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start reading at verse 31. I want to break this down for you so that you understand it. And you can, I want you to get this the way that God has been speaking it to me this week as I set up as we go into talking about um, the vision of our church and what God has done, what he is doing, and what we believe he is going to do in the days to come. This is Jesus speaking to a group of people, and he says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Now, I want to stop here for a second. Okay. When he says the pagans run after all these things, what he's saying is the world runs after all these things. A pagan is anybody who was not a Jewish believer at that time. Okay. So if you weren't a God-fearing Jew, you're a pagan. Someone who worships something else or lived your life in another way that's different from how God commanded us to do it in Scripture. Okay, so we would say that we love Jesus. The world out there would be pagans, but you can't call people pagans today. That's a little weird. Can't go through town, hey, pagan, how are you doing today? Uh, That's a cute little kid, pagan. All right, you have a good day, pagan, unbelieving swine. You know, you can't talk to people like that. They did a lot of stuff back then that we can't do today. But Jesus is drawing a, a, a line here so that we can see a difference in mindset and focus and philosophy. He says, listen, don't live like the pagans do. Don't live like this world does. And then he's, we're going to go backwards. Well, what, 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 what do the pagans do? Well, they, they worry about stuff, and they're focused on what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to wear. They're worried about the material things in life, and they spend their time chasing those things in life. Jesus is saying, look, don't, don't be like these guys. For the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Now, that's encouraging because God knows what you need in your life. Everything that you need. He knows, he knows that you need food. Apparently, Rachel Brown knows that my family needs food too, so that's awesome that God's speaking to everybody about that. Um, I don't know how to take that. Is Rachel saying I need to continue harder on my diet? Or that, that people, like, look, pastor's trying here, man. I'm, I'm dropping some stuff. But anyway, uh, he, he says God knows about this stuff. 
He knows. Nothing, nothing's go, that's going on in your life is catching God by surprise. He knows how much your power bill is. He knows how much the car payment is. He knows how much the mortgage is. He's in control of all of these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Here's the thing. But seek first. Everyone say first. first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these will be given to you as well. Seek first. See, that speaks to priority. Okay, that speaks to an, an order of importance. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Before you seek the stuff, okay, before you worry about what you're going to eat, before you worry about what you're going to wear, before you worry about the power bill, before, before you worry about all that stuff and get caught up in the rat race that the world is in, before you're sweating and trying to figure out how you can pack more money in your in your 401k, back up, back up and make sure that your priorities are right and seek me first. Put my kingdom first and my righteousness first. Put me first in everything. That means that if I'm first in everything, then, then, then God's going to, he's going to be first in our finances and our financial decisions. That means that we don't pay all of our bills and handle all of our responsibilities and then give God what's left over. We give to God first and put him first. And then we watch him do more with the 90% than we could ever do with the 100% on our own. You know, that we put him first. The Bible says that if you give, he will give back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. He says, if you will just give to me first, I will blow you away with how well. I, if, you, if you put me first in your marriage before your spouse, Put me first in my word and how you're supposed to interact with one another first. And the things will fall in line. It's amazing how this principle of first works in the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then look what he says. He says, I will give you all that other stuff. All the stuff that you're not seeking, I will give to you if you will just put me first. Da, 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 da. Just like Aladdin. Just like Solomon. Just like Solomon, if you ask for the right thing and put his kingdom first, he will give you everything else that you didn't ask for. Now, that doesn't mean that God is going to give you everything that your heart desires. It doesn't mean that he's going to give you everything that you want, but he's going to give you everything that you need. But this is what I know about my God, that if you put him first and he knows there's no competition for him on the throne of your heart and he knows that he comes first and he knows that he has control of your heart so all of the other cares and concerns of life first go through what the Bible says and first goes through him assigning those priorities it goes through him first then he knows that there's no competition in your heart for him he's got it so he knows that he can give you whatever he wants to give you because you've proven to him that he is all that you're concerned about. I'll seek you first and I'll handle my responsibilities, but you come first. You come first. And when he knows he's got your heart, I'm telling you the floodgates open because he knows he can trust you with everything because your first thought is going to be his kingdom his righteousness. And now you become a conduit 
which he uses. He pours out resources and blessings to you, knowing that those resources and blessings will flow out of you to his ministry to bless others and to help those who need help. That you're not going to keep it for yourself. You're going to check with him first and put him first. That, that principle right there will change your life if you can grab it. It will set churches free. It will set you free if you can grab it. Because he's saying this right here. This is what he's saying, just in layman's terms. This is what God is saying, that we can focus on God's kingdom because his focus is on us. We can focus on his kingdom because his focus is on us. He knows what we need, when we need it, how much of it that we need to do what he's called us to do. And he will always be there on time, every time, if we put him first. We can focus on God's kingdom because his focus is on us. Man, that makes me want to shout. I'm being cool. That makes me want to shout right there that God loves me that much, that he loves you that much. He loves us that much. Now, this principle will change you. It changes me. Every time I read it, it dramatically changed my life. I put my whole life through this filter. I'm not perfect at it, but I do my best to seek him first in everything that I do because I know that his focus is on me, and I know that there's no way he can fail to keep his word. Praise God for that, huh? There's no way he can fail to keep his word. Why do you say all that? I say all that to set this up. Because if we operate on this principle as a church, and this is what I've been saying since day one here at Eastgate, since the first day I became your pastor, that if we put God first, and we listen to him and do what he says and step out in faith and trust him. There is no limit to what God can do in us and what God can do through us. No limit. There's no limit because we're putting him first. And all that other stuff, he says, you know what? Why don't we throw some of that on there too? That cake needs some icing on top of it because I know that I'm coming first in your life. And this church is going to be a conduit of my blessing to those that need it and a conduit of my power and my presence to those that need it if we continue to put him first. And that, that's been the goal. We've, we've been seeking after God and trusting him and stepping out and trying to do what he says and, and, and putting his kingdom first in everything that we've done since. Goodness, can you believe almost three years ago, three years ago, became the pastor of this church. I don't know if you remember what it was like. Finances of this church were just upside down and horrible. Um, reaching some people but not reaching a lot of people. The culture of the church at the time was just broken. And God began to breathe a new breath of life onto it. And it had nothing to do with me. It's just God does what God wants to do when God wants to do it. But if you put him first and step out and believe him, he'll do awesome things. So we began to work and correct the finances and, and correct the culture and began to work. And, and I watched God change hearts and lives. And, and praise God, I saw us move out of red back into the black financially and then start to gain ground and, and see some awesome stuff begin to happen financially in the church. And we began to realize that where we were on Fairburn Road at the time you know, can you believe that? Seems like a lifetime ago, but it wasn't that long ago, guys. Uh, when we were out on Fairburn Road, we knew that we were capped at that location because we had we had a great place to meet, but we had nowhere to grow. 
And we wanted to put a focus on the next generation ministries of the church. Now, I'll tell you, if you're watching online and you're looking for a church that is going to give your children priority, that is going to focus on the next generation, we put a priority on children and student ministries here at this church. It is the heartbeat of this church because the next generation is the one that's going to go further than we'll ever go, and they'll reach more people than we ever will. We believe in the next generation at this church. And so we knew we were capped where we were, and we needed to have a building to give us space to let those ministries grow. So we started praying and believing. And y'all know the story. We ended up at this location. And I could spend the next hour and a half talking about miracle after miracle after miracle that it took for us to get into the location that we're at now with the space that we need to see our next generation ministries grow like we want them to. It's awesome to see what God has done over the years. Awesome to see what God has done over the years. Um, Last year, we gave over $30,000 to missions. Think about that. Think about that. Over $30,000 to missions. Do you know how long it's been since we gave anything to missions? We had a surplus to be able to bless and equip and, and pour out to help other people because we believe in building the kingdom of God and not just building Eastgate Church. Okay? God hadn't called us to build a church. God has called us to reach people for Jesus. We're not about building a church here. We're here about, we're, we're focused on reaching people, reaching the lost and letting them know about the Jesus that so impacted us. And so we landed here at this location and began praying and seeking what the next step was going to be for us as a church. And you guys know we, the beginning of this year, the beginning of this year seems like it was five years ago. I mean, is anybody else's internal clock jacked up because of this whole COVID stuff right now? It's crazy. We're almost at the end of October. Where did summer go? Like, where did my spring? I want my year back, you know? Um, and it seems like it went by so fast, but at the same time, it seems like it's just been forever. Like we're caught in some kind of time vortex, and 2020 just will not end. But at the beginning of this year, we took 21 days to pray and fast and seek the face of God, and God began to speak, and I remember going to the staff and the board and saying, hey, this is what I think the Lord's speaking to us. Let's pray on this and let's see if we're all in one accord with this. And unanimously, everybody said, yes, 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 yes. This is what God is speaking. This is this, no doubt. And because it was so weird because I was praying, we were praying for God's vision for this year. I said, God, if you can just tell me what you want us to do for this year. Because you got to know this about me and you got to know this about your staff. I am not going to walk up here and say, this is going to be the blah, blah, blah vision for the church this year because it looks good on paper. And we should all be excited about something that looks good on paper and sounds really cool. I'm just not interested in that. I want to hear the voice of God thunder in my spirit and tell me, this is what I want you to do. And we just refused to move until we heard that and we prayed and we fasted and we, we heard that from God and God told us, it, it blew me away because he didn't give us just a one-year vision. You guys remember, God gave us a five-year vision for this church, a five-year vision where we were going to see 2,000 salvations and 1,000 baptisms. Five years. And I don't know if you remember the Sunday I walked up here and told you about it. I was like so excited and scared to death all at the same time because I have no stinking idea how we're gonna make any of that happen. Got some ideas, but I mean, come on. Those are huge numbers, right? 
especially for a church that's the size that we are and growing like we are, we don't have the resources to handle that kind of people right now. We don't have the staff to handle that kind of people. We need 15 Jeremy Browns to handle that kind of, th- those kind of numbers coming into the church. We don't have that right now. We, we um, a thousand baptisms, dude, you can imagine how your finger, you know how you sit in the bathtub too long and you get those little water fingers and they're all wrinkled up? Man, can you imagine? That's going to be awesome. I almost got scared, but then I thought this is going to be great because I took my eyes off the numbers and I put my eyes back on God. And he said, yeah, the numbers are cool and I'm going to do this in and through you. I became more excited about the change that's going to have to happen in us as a church in order to see the promise of God fulfilled. We're going to have to grow. We're going to have to change. And we're going to have to do things, some things differently. We're going to have to, to step up and begin to do things to fill the gap between today and tomorrow to make sure that we're able to keep step with where the Spirit of God leads us. This is what I know, okay? Vision, especially in this church and with God, vision is not a philosophy. Vision is an action list. When God gives you the vision, you begin to take action. Faith without works is what? Man, who cares what you say you believe? Show me what you're doing in your life, you know. God's given thousands and thousands of churches visions. Very few of them have followed through on it because they think it's a philosophy. Oh, God's going to do this. God's going to do that. That's great. God chose to use you to make it happen. So get up off the seat and quit shouting amen and invite somebody to church and give in the offerings and, and volunteer and do your part. And then, you know, that's, that's how it is, action with the faith. Then, because talking about it doesn't get it done. And we begin to think about that as a church. If we're gonna keep step with what God has called us to do, we're going to need to take some action steps. And so we created something called the 12 Stone Vision Fund. Because we knew in order to operate at the level we wanted to operate, at least going into the rest of 2020 into 2021, we were going to need to be able to pump more resources into different areas of ministry to put in the work so that we could see the fruit and use action with the faith to give God opportunity to fulfill his promise to us. Does that make sense? 100% biblical. And so... We began to pray, and we came together as a church. And y'all remember the 12 Stone Vision Fund? Um, We were saying, you know what? What we've got is good for today, but we need to begin preparing for tomorrow. And we weren't putting together this. You know how every, every church does some kind of financial campaign to try to raise money for X, Y, or Z. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with that, but we did not want what we were doing with this vision fund to be your typical financial campaign because this wasn't to pay off a building. This wasn't about funding a ministry. This was about us taking action steps to prepare, to prepare. Did I go away there? Am I back now? Okay, to prepare for the next step that God was leading us to because we didn't want to get into the next year and not have the funding that we needed for the ministry that needed to be there. That just makes sense, right? You got kids, you know you're going to go to college. You start putting money aside to pay for that college so that the money is there when your kid is ready to go to college. It's the same kind of mindset. So we wanted to operate with wisdom and do that. Am I going too fast for you guys? 
I feel like I am because I want to get this out and get this in you because I want to celebrate some of the stuff that God has been doing in the church. And so our, our mindset was that we wanted to make sure that we didn't make the mistake that the Titanic made. Titanic that hit the iceberg. And I don't know if y'all remember us talking about that. We didn't want to make that same mistake because the Titanic first mistake they made was that they didn't have enough lifeboats on the boat for the people that they had on the Titanic. They just had enough lifeboats for about half the people. And then when they hit the iceberg, they didn't even take the time to make sure those lifeboats were full because everybody was panicking and focusing on themselves and not the safety of others. We didn't want to make that mistake. We wanted to make sure that we weren't focusing on ourselves and life, but that we were focusing on others that needed to be in the lifeboat that Jesus had given us. We wanted to make sure all our boats were full, and at the same time, we wanted to make sure that we were building enough boats to have ready for when we needed them. Make sense? That's why we established this thing and we began to give and God began to do some powerful stuff. And we said, okay, if we're going we're gonna to establish this vision fund, then we need to have some avenues for this stuff to go into so that we can begin to see some fruit and impact in, in, uh, in the community and in people's lives. And so we picked some categories that we we're going to begin to invest in and they're going to put them up for this, on the screen for you here. Um, we began to look at community outreach on a whole new level. We wanted to start an online campus from the church. We wanted to invest in our children and student ministries like never before. And we wanted to establish an emergency fund initially, if you guys remember this, so that the church had some savings in case we went through some, some tough times. And then once we got that to begin to pay down some of the note on the building while we were funding that, because once we pay off this building, then we've got more money to pour into ministry down the road. So it all kind of builds on itself. And we began to, to, to dive into these things. And some of these things we've celebrated and we've talked about, but I want to go back over them because none of these things would have happened if we had not taken the step of faith and established this 12 stone vision fund and had people begin to give to it. Because we had a little thing happen towards the beginning of the year called COVID-19. And it made a huge impact not just on the community, not just on the state, but on the world. And our church took a significant financial impact with like a lot of other churches did too. We saw our finances here drop by 30%, just like that, just like that. That's a huge drop. And so we had to, to move some stuff around financially and change our, our financial strategy. Um, but we knew that regardless of what was happening in the world, that does not take away from what God had called us to do as a church. God's kingdom does not stop advancing because times are tough in the world. They don't. You look at the early church, they were persecuted like crazy. They moved forward like an army. If you look at the life of Paul, it was like one incident after another. And everywhere Paul went, it was church planted, church planted, church planted, church planted. He refused to stop regardless of what was happening in the world around him. And that's the way the kingdom of God has to, to advance. It doesn't matter what's going on out there. It doesn't change one thing. It didn't take God by surprise. None of it did. So his call on the church and on our life doesn't go away. So we began to focus on community outreach. And I, one of the big things that we did, uh, and I'm so excited about what we're doing today where we're getting together and, and we're going to show some love to our medical community and all those people that are spending so much time, so much time making sure that people stay healthy 
I love that. I love practical outreaches. We got some other things we're going to be doing um, later on in the year that are really exciting. But I wanted to uh, share some testimonies with you today from probably what's been the most effective outreach I think we've ever done as a church, period. And that is the online prayer outreach that we have from the church. And we put out a little ad on social media. And if you see it, somebody, how many of y'all have seen that floating around on Facebook or Instagram? Yeah. So you see it and it says, how can we pray for you? And it's got this little, you know, little paragraph or so from me um, inviting people to let us pray for them. And the community just jumped on it. It just jumped on it. We have prayed with thousands of people in our community through this outreach. And we have seen God do some powerful things. And I, I wanted to share some of these testimonies. And I know we always got skeptics in the crowd. And I don't know if you can see this or not. But I want to show you that these are like real, well, that didn't work right, like real uh, screenshots of these conversations on my phone. Some of them are just the public comments that they put on the prayer request page. And some of these are private messages that they send. The ones that are private messages I've got blocked out so that no one can see who sent them because they sent it privately and we don't want to break confidentiality. But I do want to share how God answered prayers on some of these. On, I mean, we could spend all day doing this too, but I get excited about this. Um, prayer, uh, here's a praise report. Somebody sent in a prayer request because they um, kidney infection and it was just a, a bad deal for them. So we prayed for them. It says, praise God. And this is like, an hour later. Praise God. Uh, God healed my back and healed my kidney infection. I don't have it anymore. That's awesome. That's awesome. These are people in the community that don't go to our church. Y'all wake up here in a second. I know I'm throwing some information at you. I trust my church will wake up. Um, here's one. I just wanted to let you know that it worked. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I asked you to pray for me. I needed a job so bad. You sent me a message to let me know that you were praying for me and that I would find a job. And I kid you not, two hours after I got your message, I got a phone call to go in for an interview. I went into the interview and I was hired on the spot. I started work the next day. I've been working there for almost a month. Thank you guys so much. I now believe in the power of prayer. God is awesome. How cool is that? It's just amazing to see what God is doing out there. Uh, one family who's uh, had a person in jail for something, I guess they were falsely accused of, and they were trying to work all that out. You never know if you're getting all the truth with some of these things or not, but we prayed anyway. And just wanted to update you, that person was released from jail today, and all charges dropped. Praise God for that. That's cool. Not like your typical everyday stuff. We're seeing God answer a lot of different things. Um, please pray for my husband. His right leg is swollen to twice the size that it normally is. He's in a lot of pain and can barely stand it. We don't have the money to go to the hospital. Please pray that God would heal his leg. So we prayed. And a couple of hours later, we get this back. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Thank you, Eastgate Church. God has healed my husband. His leg has come back to its normal size, and he feels so much better today. Praise God. Now, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, even something simple, like someone going in for surgery and asking for us to pray that the surgery goes well. We pray for them. And 
Everything went well. I give God praise. Thank you for caring enough to take time to pray for me and the surgery. That's awesome. I love that. Um, woke up with a cold chill, running a high fever. Please pray for me. I cannot afford to miss work or be sick. So we prayed for them. A couple of hours later, we get this back. Um, first, I want to say that I'm very thankful for God because I know that he was the one that healed me. And I want to thank you for your prayers. I'm now fever-free and symptom-free. Praise God. Amen. That is awesome. That is just awesome. I'm making sure I'm getting these. Yeah, here's one. They wanted, they wanted us to pray because they were trying to sell their house and having a lot of difficulty with it. So we prayed for them. And um, Eastgate Church, thank you so much. We sold our house. Things worked out so good. And they didn't just want to sell their house, but they were trying to move closer to a family member who was sick so that they could help take care of them. Not only did we sell our house, but we bought a home two doors down from our family member so we can take care of them. Praise God. That's awesome to me. Um, thank you so much for your video prayer that you sent me last night. It really touched my heart. It made me cry that someone would take the time to pray for me and show that they cared. God bless you. You have no idea how much this has impacted my life. It's just cool to see what God is doing and then through, and I could just go on and on and on, just testimony after testimony of how God is using that to impact lives in the community. I was out shopping, uh, this is about a month and a half ago, and somebody stopped me in the grocery store and they said, I know you. What are you talking about? I was like, because you never know what's going to come next after, after that statement. Okay, I'm going over the last 20 years of my life. No, I'm good. I didn't do anything crazy. What's going on? I know you. You're the, that pastor at that church that's praying for people. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's just amazing. And, and then they got kind of teary-eyed and said, um, I just want to thank you. I can't believe I ran into you because I put a prayer request in and asked for you to pray for my family. And it just meant the world to me when I got the recording of you praying over me and my family. I just think that it's amazing that a church is doing something like that for the people in the community. It's been a very productive outreach, and it still is. It's funny, Keely still, um, we made her an, an admin on our Facebook page, which means she gets notifications, you know, messages and stuff comes in. And she was like, how do I turn these things off on my phone? Because they keep going off. It's like ding, 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 ding. These prayer requests come in. Some of them, you know, you get five or six a day. Sometimes it's like 20 to 30 a day. Those things just keep rolling in. God is using it to impact our communities, what I'm saying. Praise God for that. The online campus, I want to celebrate that for a little bit. Um, because, listen, y'all remember, I keep saying this. We had no online ministry at the beginning of the year. Now we have a great online ministry that is growing and reaching people. We're reaching, uh, I think we've got somewhere, it, it fluctuates a little bit, but at ballpark, but I think between 500, 600 people, sometimes it's a little bit lower a week that watch our service throughout the week. Many that don't come to church here. That's awesome. We've seen it knock on a thousand uh, before, but we haven't been able to break that threshold just yet. Listen, when we like and share, that means we reach more people and more people get to view what God is doing here. And I gave you some information that's inaccurate. Uh, last time I gave an update, I told you that um, our podcasts and, you know, like audio recordings of the sermons that go out on um, 
like iTunes, SoundCloud, um, Android platforms, and, and different things like that. Um, I told you that we were in 47 different countries throughout the world with our live stream and with our, uh, our podcast that goes out. I need to update you on that. It's no longer 47, but we're in 50 countries across the world right now. From Eastgate Church, Douglasville, Georgia, we're reaching 50 countries with the gospel of Jesus. Now, I want to stop for a second because that was a, yeah, okay. Let's stop for a second and let's give God some good praise. Look around here. We're reaching 50 stinking countries with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is awesome to me. That is awesome to me. Listen to God and do what he says. We said we wanted to invest in our student and our, in our children ministries. We have. They have not lacked for anything. We haven't been able to give them everything that I wish that we could give them, but they've had everything that they've needed because we care about the next generation in this church. I'll say it one more time. I want to amen on this. We care about the next generation in this church. We care about them. And then we said we wanted to establish that emergency fund, and which is crazy, okay? Uh, we, we were thinking it would be awesome to have at least $10,000 sitting in an emergency fund so the church could have a discretionary fund to go to in case we hit something crazy like a pandemic where we might need some extra money for stuff. Now, I want you to listen to me on this, okay? You want to know how much money our church has in its e-fund right now? Somebody says zero, probably. Uh, it will make you think because there's so much going on. Listen, you have a staff that cares about being a good steward over God's finances. Okay, you have a staff that operates with wisdom, and we know how to stretch a dollar into five. Okay, and we know how to tr pick up the phone and try to raise funds for projects and different things like that. It, um, you have a staff that cares about how the money is used in the church. And because you do, and because we've operated with wisdom, I want to tell you this, this church has $10,000 sitting in an emergency fund right now for us to use any time that we need to. <laughs> Praise God for that. Do you know how long it has been since we could say that? We got 10 grand. Well, let's spend it. No, 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 no. That's, that's why we have the 10 grand because we haven't been spending it and we got it just in case we want to be good stewards over it. But I want to praise God for that because that seemed like an impossible goal, especially in a pandemic. Now, I will say this. Most of it came in on the front end of the pandemic when we were making moves financially and, and setting money aside and trying to operate with wisdom then for the storm that we're in today. Okay. And that's what we were doing. But we had that money there and it has not been touched. And we've been able to operate. Listen, I don't know if you've been able to realize this or not. So as I've been talking today, every single goal that we set as a church, every single goal we set as a church at the beginning of the year, we have met or exceeded every one of those goals to the glory of God, even in the face of a global pandemic. That is awesome to me. That is awesome to me. Every single one of them, which makes me think maybe we didn't have enough faith. Maybe we should have stepped out a little bit further. And God said, you know what? Your faith is so small. I'm going to send a pandemic to jack stuff up so it'll actually look like I did something impossible. I don't know. 
hopefully he didn't have to do all that to teach us a lesson. <laughs> no, but, but I'm saying, look at how awesome God is. The year is not over yet, guys. The year's not over yet. And, and our church has been hammered financially because of this. And we've seen attendance go up and down like the craziest. If our attendance cycle was a roller coaster ride, I wouldn't go near it, dude. It would be one of the craziest, most dangerous roller coasters you've ever seen. It's up, it's down. People are in and out because of how COVID-19 is affecting um, the, the world and, and affecting people's lives. It's just crazy. 12 stone. I want to, to, to celebrate this. Not only have we hit every goal. This year, we have seen, in our 12-stone vision fund, we have seen $6,090.60 come in. Okay, that money, that money has allowed us to do the outreaches, the online ministry, the all, all the, the, the it's, it's allowed us to be able to do all of that because we, we listened to God and did what he said when he said to do it, and the money's been there, and the money's been steadily coming in. The 12 stone vision thing was something that we were giving to above and beyond how we would normally give to the church. It was a sacrificial thing. And we've seen God do something amazing with it. And another thing that we told you we would do with 12 stone is this, that if you gave to 12 stone, we were going to do what a lot of churches don't do. We weren't just going to show you a number like this and say, we raised $6,000 and change to go to this thing so far this year, so far this year, but we were going to show you where all the money went and what we spent the money on. You remember us saying that? Y'all remember us saying it that? Ushers, if you will, I want you to take these cards and I want you to pass them out to everyone. Um, this is just a quick little itemized list of what we have spent the 12 stone money on this year. Do it quickly because I want to make sure everyone has this. You guys watching online, I know this doesn't put this in your hands, so if you'd like a copy of this, um, maybe write in the comments that you would, and we'll send you uh, this information through a message. Maybe we'll put it up uh, on the website or on uh, social media later today so you guys can see it. This is where the money has gone for 12 stone so far this year. Outreaches, buying equipment for live stream stuff, audio equipment to make sure that the live stream could happen. It's all been focused on accomplishing the goals that we said we wanted to accomplish this year. I praise God for that. Amen. I praise God for that. I praise God for the opportunity to be able to celebrate it. It's amazing to see what God has done over the year. Um, numbers that come out in church world right now aren't really good when the experts, whoever they are, talk about forecasts of what to expect in church over the next six months to 18 months, some of them to 24 months in the future as we're, looks like maybe on the recovery side of the impact of COVID. Everybody thinks that the numbers are going to spike again soon because we're running into cooler weather. Viruses typically, they tend to thrive in colder weather, so there's probably going to be a spike because of that. It's just the way things work. When COVID hit, Churches were closing at a rate across this country of between 150 to 200 churches a week, okay? Um, on the high end, about 800 churches a month. When COVID hit, churches began to close at a rate of over 6,000 churches a month. I think most of those churches weren't churches. I think they were country clubs that people decided they wanted to go to. 
and they weren't really reaching people for Jesus. But some of them were genuinely impacted. We were impacted tremendously because of this, but we were not in that group that, that closed because we operated with wisdom and did what God said for us to do. They're projecting on the back end of COVID from like this point forward, the churches that are still in existence and the churches that haven't had to close their door, they're saying to expect another 20% to 25% of those churches to close over the next 18 months because they're slowly going to bleed out because of lack of attendance, because they're seeing a trend too since COVID-19. Listen, 33% of churchgoers had just dropped off the map and stopped going to church, period, in this country. Not watching online, not going to Bible studies. They've just stopped. They're done. Not connected to a church in any way, shape, or form. It's one of the biggest falling aways from the church that anybody's ever seen. It's crazy. Um, so they're, they're predicting or projecting that 20% of those churches aren't going to survive from this point or 20 to 25. And they're saying that if you are in the group that does survive, expect your numbers to be down 30% to 35% from where you were before COVID-19 hit to the backside of it, down. And that your new normal is going to be 30, 35% less than what you had before. Because those numbers just aren't going to come back. And they said, expect your money to be down anywhere from 25 to 30% now is what they're saying. From pre-COVID to going forward. Just as a new norm. And I read those numbers and I thought, yeah, but my Bible says some other stuff. And my Bible talks about a church that's reaching the lost instead of worried about closing its doors. My Bible talks about a church that is used to reach and impact the community around it instead of being focused on what's going on on the inside of it. They're seeing this huge falling away from people from church, but this is what I know. There are 5.8 million people in the state of Georgia that are unchurched. There's plenty of people out there for us to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's almost a quarter of a million unchurched people just in Paulding, Carroll, and Douglas counties. There's plenty of people for us to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We just got to get busy doing it. Amen? So we cannot just celebrate what God has done in the past and throw it into cruise control and think we're going to coast through this thing because vision isn't a philosophy. Vision is an action list, especially when God's given it to us. And we have seen God make a way for this church every step of the way. Oh, every step of this journey, guys. This is what's so exciting to me. We have seen God allow us to accomplish every goal we thought was going to be so big and awesome at the beginning of the year. Even through a global pandemic, we have hit every goal to the glory of God. Now it's time for us to stop and say, what's next? What's next? Because we've invested all the 12-stone fund into projects to see people reached and we're going to need to see money continue to come to that. And we've got to figure out on not just how to connect with and, and remobilize the people from the church back into the church, but to figure out how to reach people in the community, which is my heart for the kingdom of God. And as I'm praying on this and as your staff's been praying on this, we all keep coming back to Christmas. We keep coming back to Christmas. 
Christmas. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Why? Because everybody in the world understands Christmas. And we might see spikes, and nobody can predict what things are going to look like in December. You know, as a staff, we're operating on a five-week plan right now. We're planning five weeks out. And, and at the end of that five weeks, we reevaluate and we go another five weeks because to try to plan six months out right now is just crazy because you don't know what the world's going to look like in six months. But we're thinking Christmas is going to be it. Why not? Why not mobilize our church and focus on reaching as many people as we possibly can for Christmas? Now, we're going to do some outreaches in between now and then as money comes in. We were praying and thinking on ideas to like to do for Christmas. We last year, how many of y'all were part of our Christmas service last year? A um, good bit of you. Yeah, it it was great. We did a lot of special music and did some skits and all that stuff, and it was fun. And a lot of people gave their hearts to the Lord. But we want to go to the next level with this this year. And we're thinking Christmas is the perfect time to reach people. It's a perfect time to invite people because everybody understands Christmas. And so we thought. Hey, it would be awesome if we took part of the parking area back there and we designated it as kind of a fun zone for after that Christmas service and we had a petting zoo and we had some, some fun games for the kids to participate in back there. And we took part of our building and opened it up and turned it into a place where, where people could come in and they get, we could have a, a hot chocolate station for people to come in and get hot chocolate. And we had a gift wrapping area for people to come in. We could wrap the gifts for people in the community if we wanted to. And we could have Santa Claus back here again this year. Now, we all know Santa Claus is not the reason for Christmas, but Santa Claus is a great tool to use to get moms and dads to bring children to get pictures with Santa Claus and we can tell them you know what Santa Claus is kind of a symbol that goes along with Christmas but Santa Claus is not the reason for Christmas the reason for Christmas is Jesus Christ and we can use tools to reach people in the community and we thought, well, what if what if we thought a little bit bigger and we had areas set up for people to sit around a little bonfire and do s'mores and and just made it real fun for the kids. I'm excited about the petting zoo more than anything, to be honest with you. Um, dude, watching kids try to pet little little lambs and horses and goats, and we're working on something where we might be able to have a group come out and actually let uh, the kids have some pony rides, too, with all this stuff going on. We're still waiting for a commitment on that, but we're like 99% sure that's going to happen. So some cool stuff to have to bring the community to but we bring them here and we build it around the service. We're going to get kids involved in all these cute little Christmas skits and songs because it's fun watching the little ones come up in those little lamb outfits, you know, and little, act like little animals. It's great because you never know what little kids are going to do on stage. It's like the biggest gamble of all time to do the special Christmas songs and, and rock it out and have the cool light shows to go along. With, with the Christmas shows like we uh, the the music like we did last year and it all comes down to the message and the message is going to be about reflections just reflecting on this year and how crazy it's been reflecting on life and what's really important and then reflecting on the cross and the price that Jesus paid for all of us now we're celebrating him on that Christmas day 
We thought if we do all of that, bring as many people as we possibly could in here and give that altar call. I wonder how many people we could reach for Jesus in one day.